eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Bruins tonight at the Garden, they beat the Florida Panthers 7-3, to but this was a weird game. It it It's one of those games where you say they, they went 7-3, they must have played great. They didn't really play great. In fact, they kind of played pretty poorly tonight. Um, I guess the only silver lining is that when most teams go through a slump, they lose. When the Bruins play losing hockey, they still find a way to win. Um, it's a long season, and we'll break down the game, but just your guys' initial thoughts. Yeah, it's kind of a, a mark of a team that it just is better than other teams on sheer talent, right? Like that ability to win and get points even when you're not playing your best. And they've done that a few times recently, you know, certainly against the Islanders, um, you know, Kings, they lose, but still get a point out of it. Columbus, they didn't play their best. Like, um, and certainly Florida on Monday night, they didn't play their best. So yeah, it's been a little while since we've really seen their a game, but they were finishing chances, which, you know, they get, how many of their goals were five on five Monday night? I think uh, five of them, which like that was kind of coming because they've had some games where they've had five on five chances, but weren't scoring. So, you know, you figure that would even out a little bit at some point, but obviously it swung like totally in the, in the other direction to your point where like, this was sort of one of those nights where everything's just going in. I thought Spencer Knight in goal for Florida had a tough night, mm-hmm. let in, at least two, maybe three goals that he really probably should have stopped. Um, and, you know, Bruins nearly blow a 4 nothing lead. It gets always to 4-3. And then they finally, you know, wake up enough to put the game away. But, yeah, I mean, they gave up a lot of possession and they gave up a lot of chances to Florida. Uh, Allmark, even though – I think Allmark gave up one goal. He'd probably like back. But even though he gave up three in the game, that was really solid for the most part and needed to make needed to make some saves while the Bruins were, were sort of asleep at the wheel for much of the second period. 
Yeah, and, and you know, in the span of time where they gave up those three goals in the second period, it was like under six minutes, and they gave up those three goals. And Montgomery said in between the second and third goal they gave up, he was thinking about calling a timeout. And then he heard the conversations that were going on on the bench between some of the leaders on the team, like Bergeron, I assume, like Felino. Um, and, he, and he was saying – the conversations were already being had on the bench. If I called a timeout, there wasn't much more I could have said to them. Like it was being handled and they never felt like they like got desperate or, or they, you know, it just seemed like the team leadership was able to handle everything. And he's kind of alluded to the fact that he's been able to be very hands-off compared to teams that he's had in the past. Whereas like he just trusts Bergeron and some of the veteran guys to just he just lets them take the reins on that kind of leadership stuff um, and doesn't butt in. And and it he has a lot of trust in them and in trust in the team in that way. And so they don't call the timeout. They end up giving up that third goal and then they score the next three. And it ends up being a game they win by four goals, um, even though they, you know, had a tough stretch of time. And when we talked to Krejci after the game as well, he said, it was for nothing at the point that it got up for nothing. He thought that it shouldn't have been for nothing. And that, that some of those goals, like he was like, things were just going in for us. Um, so he thought that they didn't play well enough to be up for nothing at the point. Um, a Pasternak's power play goal. Yeah. I mean, he's exactly right. I, I felt the same way. It was, it was a weird, it was a weird game to watch because you're watching a team that slept through their alarm clock, um, you know, for like the third time in the last three games, and I mean, Florida was was out out playing Boston in, in every every aspect. They were out skating them, um, winning battles, loose pucks. They were they were more physical. They were more determined. And you're watching the game, and you're like, like you know, Hampus Lindholm almost got his head taken off at center ice. Uh, Pasternak almost got his head taken off. Brandon Montour was just kind of like really trying to make a statement with some with some key hits, and he just barely missed them. And you know, like it's one thing to be nonchalant over the course of an 82 game season in a game, but the problem is, like, you're more vulnerable to to injuries, and you're more vulnerable to just like shit going wrong when when you're not engaged the way you should be, and your skating your skating legs aren't there. And all that being said, somehow, somehow the score is for nothing, and the team that's up for nothing is a team that's done virtually nothing to earn that lead, and it was really strange. So it, it was almost kind of karma when, when Florida came back to make it four to three and it was like, well, here's your wake up call because you're about to lose this lead in about five minutes. And, um, you know, it's just, it, it's just, I, it, I understand it's a long season, but I'm glad the Bruins are self-aware, but you just can't, you can't make a habit of this. And I understand that we sound kind of, or I sound kind of, kind of spoiled saying this because they're like 25 and four or whatever it is, but, um, yeah, it's, they're collecting points, but in that locker room, they know that they're not playing winning hockey. And, uh, I'm, I'm curious where you guys feel like that, that stems from, I mean, obviously their skating game hasn't been there. Is there anything else that you feel like is besides teams giving them their best, like teams are getting up for the Bruins games. Right. But besides that, like, where do you think that this team is faltering, um, even in games that they're winning? Yeah, I think one thing like they won't admit to, or it's one of those things that maybe they'll admit to like once they get back to playing winning hockey and playing the way they were. But 
I do kind of wonder like if there's some complacency that's sort of set in where it's like, hey, we're in first place. We're the best record in the league. We've been cruising. Look, we're we're getting points even when we don't play our best. And like it's hard not to let that seep into your your mindset a little bit where you know it's like, yeah, you know what, if we don't start with our absolute best in the first period, we'll figure it out because we've done that before. And yeah, okay, if we get up by a couple goals and let up, you know what, we've figured out ways to bounce back and close out games and still get points. And you know, I I just think I think there has to that has to be part of it. You know, I'm sure, especially like, hey, you're getting towards Christmas. They've got a winter classic on the horizon. I think maybe like they're just not, you know, all in for like have their full attention on each and every night, each and every shift, the way that they would during maybe a tougher or maybe like a better stretch or a tougher stretch. Like I think we saw it, you know, that stretch like everyone had circled where, Hey, they're facing, you know, one contender after another. We saw them playing really well to start that stretch. And then they go out on the road and, you know, I think played well throughout that first road trip. And then, uh, or, you know, most of it. And then you get towards the end of it and you come home and it's like, all right, we got through that. And now it feels like there's almost this, this like let up period. And, you know, I feel like maybe they'll ramp back up as they get towards the winter classic, because that's going to be something that they're pretty excited for. But for now it's like sort of just, you know, like the baseball term would be the dog days of August. Like this is the this is sort of like the, the dog days of, of December for them right now, where I feel like they're just not fully invested the way that, they were early in the season and will be at some point again. Yeah. And I, I don't even know if it's like, I, I don't think it's like a conscious, like oh, I'm going to take no. a break here and there. It's like, I really do think they're all still like mentally. If they're at least if like a majority of them are still pretty mentally engaged. Um, and like, you never see Bergeron, like take a shift off or like, I don't know, like some of them are definitely dealing with, with a little bit of something like once again, Marshawn had a strong first period, but, um, you know, you can still just see that he's not a hundred percent. Scott, you asked Krejci, you know, how he thinks his game is at this point in the season. And he said, I don't really know how to answer that question. Um, you know, he'll always say that he can get better was pretty much his answer, but, um, but yeah, like there's some players that aren't at their best game. I think Krejci isn't at his best game. I think Marshawn, I think McAvoy. Um, but I want to go, and I think you answered that pretty well, Scott, so I don't have much to add. But I want to go back to like what we were talking about with just kind of like a weird start to the game. You know it's a weird start when your first two goals are by defensemen, and one of them is Brandon Carlo, who hadn't scored yet on the season until his 27th game. And you're, you know, those, those are your first two goals. Clifton scores on kind of a lucky bounce. The puck came back to him and he was in the right spot, um, you know, doing the right thing, but he gets a, a goal and then Carlo just kind of gets one straight through. Um, what did you guys think of those two's play? I know Scott, you're writing a piece about Carlo. Yeah. Well, I thought it was, I mean, that was one thing they did well throughout this game was, 
the defenseman joining the rush and getting involved. Like, like you said, like, you know, Clifton, yeah, gets a little bit of a fortunate bounce in the end, but made that happen by leading the rush down the right wing and throwing the puck to the front to get it to a dangerous area. Um, Carlo does a good job jumping into the rush as, uh, as, as the trailer and takes a pass at the blue line. And then, you know, takes a few steps in and picks a spot. Um, Carlo had an assistant transition on Coyle's goal. And then Krejci's goal is started by Hampus Lindholm leading the rush right at the middle and having the net drive um, redirects Krejci's pass off the post. And then Krejci's right there to bury it. So, And Clifton on the Bergeron goal. Yep. Yeah. So like that was one thing that they actually did well throughout the game was getting the defenseman involved and that directly led to several of their goals. Yeah. Clifton, I think it was the last goal of the game, the seventh goal that Bergeron scored. He's like, someone asked him like, how did you know you're going to be able to get that through the neutral zone? Cause there were two defenders like guarding along the wall and he somehow slid it all the way along the wall through the neutral zone to Bergeron. And he was like, I didn't know if I could make it, but when Bergeron asked for the puck, you get him the puck. So he, it was more like Bergeron. He's like, Bergeron was screaming for for me to pass to him. So, so I did. Um, but yeah. And, and it's kind of something that we'd been hearing coach Montgomery talk about a little bit over the last week or so um, that he liked Carlo's offensive game. And like, I think to the room, like to the guys and to, to coach, like it seemed like it was a matter of time for, for Carlo to finally get a goal on the season. Um, And they were all very happy for him after the game. And Scott, you were able to talk to him while I was talking to, to Clifton. What did he say about how like he's kind of changed his mindset? Yeah. He said like, he basically had to do like a mental reset after last season. And he said, you know, he came into this year, basically just having like more appreciation for his career, for being an NHL player. And he feels like he's playing with, with more joy this season. Um, And he said like, that's, that's kind of led him to being more confident and has allowed him to play a little looser. I think, I mean, think back to last year where it was like, he would play pretty well for the most part. And then he would just have like one brutal turnover in the D zone. And they all seemed to end up in the back of the net. And like, it became very noticeable. He obviously came under criticism for it. Um, You know, certainly from the outside, but I think also, probably from Bruce Cassidy and um, that wasn't entirely unfair. Like those are mistakes that someone who's been in the league as long as he has shouldn't make, but it it almost, I feel like that almost kind of snowballed on him last year where it like became harder and harder for him to avoid those mistakes because the last one was still in his head. Um, And now he just seems to be playing with, with a clearer mind. And he, you know, obviously had another concussion scare earlier this season, but I think has come back from that well. And, you know, Jim Montgomery said the last, he thinks Carlo has been great, like the last 10 to 15 games. And I would agree, especially defensively, he's been really solid. And, you know, I don't know if, I don't know if a goal was necessarily coming for him. Like, yeah, he's been, he's been involved at times, but obviously offense is never going to be the strength of his game, but 
he, you know, he gets up and and makes plays when he ha- when he has to or when it's there. Um, so yeah, so good to see him get get a goal and an assist. And be- before, I'm sorry, Brian, because we haven't let you talk in a, in a sec, but um. Also, just a last... like a thousand six. I know. So sorry, <laughs> sorry. Um, but Krejci, when when I asked Krejci about you know Carlo Carlo's game and, and his offense, uh, he said the reason why Carlo doesn't you know get on the score sheet much is because he's like he doesn't look to shoot first, and he was happy that he actually took the shot and and you know tried to put put it on net himself. So he said he more so looks for to make the pass than to take the shot. And that's one of the reasons why he hadn't scored yet. Um, but he, but Krejci was um, happy to see it, it go in for him and happy to see him actually take the chance. Well, that he also doesn't really have the skill set to be, a, to, to put money in the back of the net either. I think, I think, I don't think Krejci is going to say that though. <laughs> um, well, he's very clearly like a well, like player in the locker oh, room. Yeah. And they, the they, they have, yeah, they, they have only like, they they all have a lot of respect for him, even including the veterans on the team like Bergeron and Krejci. If you when you listen to how they talk about him, they talk of that he's a, a leader. He is a, an off ice and on ice leader to them. Um, even though he's younger, um, you know, not quite in that veteran group yet. So, um, we but, we heard a little bit of that tonight. But but I would I would say he's a bit of a bit of a veteran. No, I mean he's not he's not in his thirties, but he's been in the league long enough. Like Scott alluded to earlier, where he definitely has, I mean, veteran status. I mean he's when you, when you compare it to other kids that are 19, 20, and he's whatever, 26, 27. I mean, he has, he has the experience. I think, I think for the Bruins though, it's the, the, the goal here, the goal there for him is great, but they don't need that from him in the playoffs. What they need is, is him to be uh, just that really, um, really difficult presence to play against in a, in a, in a seven game series to use his reach, to use his size, to box guys out when, when one-on-one battles in the corner and, and all those things. And he's definitely been playing a lot better. Not that he, he wasn't, he didn't really play. He didn't really have many bad stretches this year. I'm more so talking about last year, uh, like Scott was mentioning earlier, but for, you know, he had that concussion earlier in the year and it was like, okay, well now, now, now you're talking about a guy who's going to be seeing ghosts every time he has, you know, cause that's just the luck that he has, but uh, fortunately he hasn't had any setbacks since then. And, and he seems to be, uh, be playing to, to his capability. Um, one, one, one player you guys mentioned earlier as well. And I do want to bring up Clifton because there were some post game comments about him, but you know, the, he, he, there weren't many Bruins that started this game on time and Connor Clifton was one of them who did one of the few who did. And I think that Clifton has the ability similar to Charlie McAvoy in the sense that he he is capable of knowing when a team needs a spark, a big hit, or something to get the team going when they're not playing too great. Uh, McAvoy has done that time and time again in his six-year career. And um, Clifton has that ability too, and you saw that tonight. I mean, the Bruins, they were terrible, terrible. They, 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 were, they were in quicksand, and... Clifton, he was making he he had a few hits, and obviously later in the in the period he jumped into the rush, and you guys talked about his goal earlier. So um, I just want to give him a tip of the cap because I do think he's played he's played awesome this year. I, I know I know he went a little quiet as as of late when the blue lines gotten more healthy, but um, you guys can talk about 
what Jim Montgomery spoke to after the game about Cliffy Hockey because I found that to be interesting. It's it's it, I think I think people talk about that in jest and it's kind of lighthearted, but it is it is one of those things where if you actually think about it, it's if you're Clifton, it's it is you do understand why Montgomery would say that he doesn't like that and that Clifton wouldn't like it either because there is a connotation to it where it's like yeah, it's kind of like oh reckless hockey. And I think people kind of say it lovingly. I don't think they meant anything by it, but I found those comments interesting. If you guys want to dive into that, yeah. So I, I was, I was there. I was the one who asked him about it. But um, he, he was like, yeah, I hate, I hate the nickname. He said he doesn't like it. He said coach came up to him and and asked him about it and and talked to him about it. But he said what he said was, it's like. Okay, Cliffy hockey can mean the literal worst stuff that I do and the best stuff that I do. It's like when I'm when I make a horrible mistake or when I make a great hit or something. Like it, it's never like in between. And I'm trying to not have like those polar polar games. Like I'm trying to be more in the middle. Um, but he does not like the this being called Cliffy hockey. But he said it's stuck and now there's no getting rid of it pretty much. So I doubt they're not they're going to stop calling him Cliffy Hockey and fans are not going to stop calling him Cliffy Hockey cuz they say it as a joke like you said Brian like it's just kind of like a it, but it's turned from a negative thing to a positive thing, has it not? Like I feel like the connotation of it has changed to the point where I don't think you need to get rid of the nickname, but it means something different now. Yeah, and I don't think it was ever I don't think it was ever like meant as a negative thing like you know, it was never really like, oh, he makes some horrible mistake. And he'd be like, oh, well, I guess that's Cliffy Hockey. It was more of like he would he would just be aggressive. And yeah, like at times reckless, where it was like throw a big hit and, and you know, or whatever, or get involved in the rush or, you know, try to like beat a defender one on one that he really shouldn't have tried. Like they weren't like horrible, horrible mistakes. It was just being a little too aggressive. Um, but it's uh, like I would like to go back because I feel like there was a time where he kind of embraced it, and I don't know, maybe that's changed. Um, and I don't know if you guys saw this, but like Ty Anderson tweeted that he, I think he talked to someone like either like right after post game availability or or whatever, and they said like he he likes and he's just putting it like putting you guys on basically. So I don't know, we might not be fully to the bottom of. He looked Cliffy me right hockey. in the eye and he told me that he doesn't like the name. <laughs> I know. I'm gonna I'm gonna take his word for it. And Jim Montgomery definitely wasn't lying. I think Jim Montgomery legitimately doesn't like it, or at least he certainly won't use it. Well, um, here's the quote in case people missed it. Um, it was Montgomery said, I I do not like the term cliffy hockey. In our room, it was born out of him being too reckless. That's basically that the explanation why he doesn't like it and why he told them he told them I guess to stop saying it. Um, and but he also said about Clifton tonight was was one of his best games he had in a while. So yeah, and and he has been really this season in particular he has been playing much more under control, which I think you know Cassidy always tried to get him to do that, but I feel like under Cassidy it kind of took on. Um, sort of like under control meant just playing defense and taking care of your own zone. And it was like almost cutting out some of his offensive game and transition game. Whereas I think under control now means still being involved in all three zones, but 
just not being reckless about it. And I think that's been huge because like we've seen, yeah, I think, I think Clifton's had a really strong defensive season, but we're also seeing him still be lead transitions at times and be involved in the offensive zone. I mean, the, his goal tonight was the right play. Like that, there was nothing reckless about him taking the puck deep into the offensive zone and then wrapping behind the net and coming out the other side. Like, that was the right play because that's what was there. And that was the best way to create a scoring chance. So like that was under control, but also still giving him the freedom to be involved on offense. It's definitely a maturity thing as well, because like when I had the one-on-one with him earlier in the season, he talked about how like, he's just better at picking his spots. And that's really just something that comes with playing in the NHL and playing against all sorts of different types of players. Like, you all of a sudden you're playing against some guys that have these moves that you've never played against in college, like Hughes. Like he, he mentioned Hughes being someone like I, he wouldn't step up on to try to take the puck away from, like you got to play that those situations differently. So I think just playing as long as he's been playing now, um, he's seen when to pick his spots, when not to when like, you know, he's cut out the, the dumb penalties for the most part. Like he used to be, frustrating most of all when he just took the most untimely penalties and that's something that he needed to get out of his game and he has gotten out of his game and I do feel I do get a sense of maturity when when talking to him um and and yeah that that has a lot to do with his success um on top of the fact that he's got more freedom as well under Montgomery okay picture this It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 